Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. What's up, everyone? I'm Noah Daniels. Hey, y'all. I'm JJ. Hey, guys. It's Kat. And welcome to the new year. New year, new us. We got Kat and JJ a new mic that we're trying out tonight, so you have to let us know how that goes. Kat and JJ, any New Year's (laughs) resolutions we should look for this year? Yes. Actually, yes. I uh, do a lot of crossword puzzles, but I don't do a lot of cryptic crossword puzzles, which are really popular in the UK. And it's like one where like the hints are like, there's like two hints in one and it, it, there's a lot of anagrams and it's very confusing. So my, my New Year's resolution this year is to get good at cryptic crossword puzzles. And it's a very subjective baseline for my goal. Uh, and that's how I like my New Year's resolutions as subjective, so that no matter what progress I make towards my goal, I can say, yeah, that was enough. I was expecting drink more water, but, you know, that's that's cool, too. Kat, anything yeah. on your list for the New Year? Well, you know, about to go on our honeymoon trip, and we're apparently buying a house this week and doing a bunch of crazy things that grown-ups do, and we're um, got a lot going on. But awesome. yeah, well, happy congrats. new year. Yeah, congrats on the new house. What about and, you, Noah? Uh, me, I shouldn't have made that water joke because that's literally my new year's resolution. In five days, I've had five gallons of water. So I'm pretty excited so far. So you're good. drinking a gallon of water a day? That's not yeah. weird. That's normal. That's well, like too much. It's, it's not um, too much. You're going to poison of... yourself with too much water. That's not true. That I is, wanna... you can poison yourself yeah, with too much water. That is true, but not from a gallon of water. I'm I got one of those trendy TikTok like gallon of water jugs where it's like 7 a.m. and they, and you know 10 a.m. it's like you can do this and you know has little so yeah it's going well I my body is kind of adjusted to it now so it isn't as bad as an, and I'm not peeing like every three minutes which uh, was a little inconvenient but uh, yeah feel good feel hydrated so just trying to get my health in check I'm also going to be shaving my head in the next day or two so that's going to be a bit of a life change uh that I don't know if I'm ready for but uh, yeah do it just tired of fighting the dream that my hair is going to magically grow back and I'm tired of growing half of it down to like my chin to comb it over so Selena that's an overshare that's our guest tonight it's Selena thank you so much for coming on the podcast Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like since you've listened to the podcast, it gives us a little more freedom to run and rant. Um, any yeah. New Year's resolutions for you, Selena? Um, my biggest one is just if I want something, go for it. Um, I think about things a little bit too much and I let time go by when I could have completed something or reached that goal. So that's that's something that I'm looking forward to do. Yeah, I can relate to that. And then I don't sleep at night because I spend all night thinking about what I should have done and what I'm going to do. Uh, and then I typically forget the what I'm going to do portion of that. <laughs> Welcome to ADD HD chat. But uh, yeah, so we're so excited to have you here. You were kind enough to email us. And I've been noticing we've been getting more emails lately. I don't know if it's just because of the new year. People are like, hey, I want to email into Real Hauntings to get on the podcast. But please, everybody continue to send those in. Well, you know, we love to find out where our guest fall on the Believometer. Zero meaning ghosts aren't real. Ten ghosts are absolutely real. Where do you fall on that scale? I'm about an eight or nine. 
All right. I like it. Have you always been an eight or nine or was there like a turning point? I tried to make like a timeline of my experiences. It's over a span of years, um, dating back to like age, maybe six, the youngest. Um, so it did creep me out as a kid. And maybe I, I just was like, oh, you know, I'm crazy or I'm imagining things or stuff like that, where people think kids have imaginary friends and whatnot. So I never really talked about it with anyone. I just kind of like suppressed it. So at a young age, I don't really know what I believed until I got a little bit older. And I was like, wow, I, I actually really believe. Hmm. And it was around maybe like 10 years old where I was like, okay, I'm afraid now, like this is real. <laughs> Well, yeah, let's jump into when you were six, where it all began. So I th- it started with visual, actually. Um, my dad worked late nights, and I remember I was home sick from school, and he had to go to sleep early. So we often, as young kids, would take a nap with him, um, especially because I was sick. And I just remember laying in the bed, and he's fast asleep. And I'm sitting there like, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. I'm tossing and I'm turning, like trying to go to bed. And I turned my head and on the opposite side of my dad, at the other side of the bed were two little boys staring at me. And Mm -hmm. I had to like look away and do a double take because I'm like, what is happening right now? You know, I'm very young. Like, this is really scary. And um, I vividly remember the way they looked. It was like a, obviously like a grayish color. They were very pale and definitely at least one of them I know was not of our time. He had like, um, like little leather boots on like shorts and like uh, really high socks, button up shirt and like a little um, cap. And the other one, um, I, my conclusion was that maybe possibly he drowned. He was in a little swim shorts and his hair kind of looked wet, which was weird because I was like, ghosts can present with other features and appearances of like water effects and stuff. But I was like, oh my goodness, like, what do I do? And I'm not going to wake my dad up. You know, he has to work and, you know, he's probably gonna be like, oh, you're, there's nothing there. You're just imagining things and whatnot. So right. I just rolled back over, closed my eyes and forced myself to sleep because um, I was so afraid. I didn't even know what to do. I just kind of froze. Mm. So that would be um, my first experience ever. Um, I never did see them again. Um, and I think that was like the last time I actually ever had a visual was was very, very young. The rest is um, like, you know, manipulation of things around me, physical touch, um, dreams, sleep paralysis, like all over the map there. Um, and then from like seven to eight, my um, best friend next door, his um, older brother had passed away just down the street from um, my house. We went to elementary school right down the street. Sadly, there was like an incident behind the school where like this gate had fell and had crushed them. And one of them did not make it, unfortunately. Um, And he was only 11 years old and I was seven. So I just, I remember my dad even went to go help and it was just a disaster. And my other friend, he made it out alive. He was also my age. And um, this is where I started experiencing things at night. Um, and I remember my, my sister is only a year apart from me and she used to be very scared to sleep alone at night. So her and I would kind of squish in her twin bed with a nightlight on, it was like our ritual. And every night for maybe a matter of like weeks, something just kept like poking at me in my sleep and I'm like what the heck like almost as if like someone's trying to mess around with me like get up and um I ignored it for a while until one day it was just so strong like almost like come on like get up like a shove and I woke up and I was terrified and and my I don't even remember telling my mom but she had told me that I I went to her very uh concerned the next morning and I kept saying you know he's visiting me he's visiting me I think he's he's bothering me in my sleep because he was a little bit of a jokester when we were kids he would play pranks on us you know throw things at us outside and stuff like little pebbles and stuff and um I was like maybe this is him and my mom was terrified because she really strongly believes in that stuff um it goes up to like my great grandmother they they're very like um, I don't want to say intuitive, but they, they have experienced things for a long time. So my mom was horrified and she rushed me to the church and she wanted me to light a candle, say a prayer for his spirit, because, 
you know, although he's not something like a scary entity or whatnot, you know, she just wanted me to let it be known that I didn't, I didn't want any more visits, um, mm -hmm. freak me out. And then, um, not too long after my great grandmother, my maternal great grandmother had passed away. Um, and my mom had went to the, uh, funeral. She's from the Philippines. So my mom had to go and, uh, go to the service there. And then when she came back, um, I started having, um, nightmares kind of like sweats throughout the night. And I grew up far from my, uh, great grandmother. She is all the way in Alaska and I'm obviously from Massachusetts. So I didn't see her very often. Um, but I did meet her a few times and, you know, she, from what I remember, was a very loving, kind person. She, she would always, you know, hug us like constantly when we were in the house with her, when we'd celebrate the holidays, she just was a very, um, I don't know, affectionate person. So, um, you know, obviously if, if she came to visit me, I wasn't like, you know, go away from me, but I started to feel as if something was brushing my head at night, almost kind of like stroking my forehead, almost like like a calming way, a way that would usually soothe someone. And I woke up thinking, you know, I have a cat, like maybe she's brushing her tail across my face or something. Mm. And the second time was like very, I, I felt more pressure and I had woke up out of my sleep, like panicked. And I looked around and my cat is sleeping at the foot of the bed on my sister's feet. So I'm like, what is this? And it, it didn't stop there. It happened again, I think a few nights later and I had had enough. I was so afraid. And I went to my mom again and I was like, I think I'm getting visited again. And I think it might be grandma. Hmm. And my mom believed me. She's like, yeah, she probably is checking up on you. You know, she never really got to see you guys. You know, she's not gonna be able to watch you grow up. So she's probably visiting you. And the confirmation and the belief, I don't know if that scared me more or like comforted me. Yeah. <laughs> So we went back to the church again, said a prayer for my grandmother, let her know that I loved her, but I didn't feel comfortable with that, that visiting and like the physical touch aspect. Mm -hmm. um, and so ever since then, I felt like maybe she communicated with me in ways of like, you know, numbers, seeing repetitive numbers over and over again, 1111 um, birds, certain things of that, that nature. So what age were you with the, when that happened with your grandmother? Uh, about eight. Eight. So, wow, that's a lot to happen in like a two-year span. Yeah. I can see why you, mm -hmm. you know, might feel like you're like a nine on the scale. So mm -hmm. let's go back to when you saw the um, boy on the bed. Once that happened, did you tell anybody about that experience or did you keep that one to yourself? Oh, I kept it to myself for a very long time. I didn't recently um, talk about my experiences openly like this until like maybe the last year or two, you know, everything I'm telling you guys, like the full thing, I've never told anyone from beginning to end before. This is the first time. So oh, wow. with that being the, you know, the spirit that you saw visually that, uh, that, uh, you know, the apparition that appeared for you, how has that memory aged for you? You still able to really see that ghost or has it the story kind of become the memory or how has that worked out for you? The image is just like burned into my brain. You know, there are some, I mean, that was my very first experience, but, um, you know, some of them, it, they did a, like make me super scared, but I don't know. That was the one and only time I, I actually saw anything. So it sticks with me like every day, you know, I wondered, you know, what happened to those boys? Where are they now? You know? And I remember like praying at night and being like, you know, I'm okay with you, but I just don't want to see you. You make me scared. And I guess it worked because I never saw them again or anyone knew. So yeah, that's just the, the image of them. They looked very um, like melancholy. So that kind of broke my heart. And I even tried to do research of like, you know, maybe an incident of a boy drowning, you know, in my city that I lived in the history. And I couldn't find anything on my house or my neighborhood because uh, it was built in like the 1950s. So it wasn't, you know, a very, very old neighborhood. So I, I tried doing research to get some closure of some sort to be like, oh, I, I can put an image to the face that I saw, but I still yeah. talk about it every day. Right. And, wow. and of course, we're only up to eight, but um, it seems like a lot of these experiences so far 
or met from people who recently passed? Does that trend kind of continue as you move forward or does it become a little more broad of the experiences that you have? It actually gets dark. It's hmm. not um, known. It's they're very much unknown things that I start to experience, things that actually make me afraid because, you know, then I knew those people. And now it's like, I'm like, what is that? Like, what is this thing that's that keeps bothering me? So it, um, I mean, people have recently uh, passed around me, but I had never experienced anything like that again. So, hmm. wow, that's interesting. It's so I'm so captivated by just like the child, the a child's mind. I mean, it's just so unfiltered, and you know, it is a parent's and adults like first reaction to be like, it was nothing. You were imagining it, obviously. Like, what if? I just feel like at this point, as an adult, remembering what it was like to have this crazy and fun, unfiltered, you know, mind, it's, it's almost hard to grasp. I mean, we can still imagine things and have fun, but just what it was like as a kid, and what was real and what was just told to us, that was just our imagination, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, kind of creepy now that I think of it you know it's the most normal kids are like what I want a popsicle and my next thought is I hope no one visits me tonight you know right yeah have at a a young age like that well I'm glad that I'm glad you had your mom to go to I mean it's hard when they're like oh it's nothing go back to bed because I know that feeling of like just forcing yourself to go back to sleep and not look anywhere Mm -hmm. um but it sounds like you know she was like we're going to the church. Let's go. Yeah, and she doesn't, my mom has experienced things and she has actually never shared them with me to this day. And I'm 23. Like, you wow. know, she, she, she's like, I've been through some things. Um, and I, I knew that at a young age, you were going through things and that you might see things. And I was just, I just didn't want to talk about it because if I had mentioned it to you, maybe you would start cons- like, you know, creating things in your head or like telling yourself we saw things, you know, just, happen uh, she wanted it to happen naturally if i did but you know she wishes i didn't see these things so that's really interesting Mm -hmm. well yeah so let's move on um from age eight where do we go from there during that age so a lot happened at that young age i do not know why but um i started uh sleepwalking and having sleep paralysis um i didn't know what it was at the time i just remember um, hearing everything around me, everybody being awake in the house, the sunlight like shining on my eyelids and me not being able to talk and get up and feeling stuck. And now as I'm older, I'm like, oh my goodness, like that was sleep paralysis. Um, so, you know, that was happening to me at random times. And then I started sleepwalking. And the first time that I remember my parents telling me that I slept walked, this is going to sound super creepy, but, um, my, my grandmother on my dad's side, you know, she used to sew and like make us PJs. And of course she made us these really creepy long gowns with like the silk on the ends and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and I had long very hair. much like a shining vibe. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I had the hair of like the grudge. Then I had long black hair. <laughs> um, my mom heard something in the hallway and she opened the door and said that I was standing in the center of the hallway, like with my head down, she can see my face. My hair was in my face. And she was like, Selena, what are you doing? And she said that I whispered to her word for word. I see dead people. <gasps> oh, God. What? At this time, you know, like I was like, maybe I got it from a movie, but I hadn't even seen uh, The Sixth Sense at all because I was so young. So I was like, where did I get that from? Like, how does a kid like say something like that in their sleep and like make that up? Um, Because growing up, we weren't, we didn't watch like ghost movies really. My family's very into like horror, gore, zombies and stuff, which we're not really like afraid of. I don't have nightmares of that, but. You know, it's just like, my mom's like, where, like, how, how does this like thought come into your head? Like, how are you sleepwalking and saying these things? And it really creeped her out and she laughed and just shut the door. She's like, she'll go back. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, that imagery is hilarious. Just being like, okay, nope, not dealing (laughs) with that today. That makes me feel very validated that her like fear response was laughing. Cause I, I do that when I'm watching a horror movie that like gets to be like too much 
or like like just a really like gory scene in a violent movie or show but imagine your own child yeah okay bye but like that's literally like all sometimes i feel like i like reach a certain point where like my fear is too much and all i can do is just laugh and that's like my defense mechanism so i I feel like a kindred spirit with your mother. <laughs> I mean, it kind of, it kind of makes sense. Like if you had been experiencing some things by then, I don't know if you can remember, but even if you can't remember, you're you you knew then, and so that was just you not knowing how to say it when you're conscious, but your subconscious was just like, "I see dead people, mom." Hmm. Okay. Woo. I had no recollection of that at all. Selena, did you ever experience or have you ever experienced sleepwalking with sleep paralysis? I mean, I've had dreams like that where obviously, I mean, people have dreams of where they're stuck and they can't move and and something's coming after them and you're like, ah, but you know, um, my sleep paralysis usually consists of me uh, waking up, but I can't open my eyes. Hmm. It's just auto, like I can Hmm. hear things and feel things but I can't see anything other than like shadows or obviously when light affects my eyelids and I don't know what's scarier seeing something and not being able to move or only hearing it and not being able to open your eyes so yeah I found that anytime I'm in sleep paralysis I am panicking to get out of it so I think I'm like in my head picture myself which turns into a dream maybe of like getting up or trying to roll and then I just get stuck in that position mm-hmm. and I wake up and I'm like, not in that position, but in the moment in sleep paralysis, you think you're moving or you're trying to move the pillow with your fingertips or scream out something right. to get someone to hear you. And it's terrifying when you think someone's in the room or standing right over you. It is absolutely terrifying. When I, I, I just got done having COVID and um, speaking of dreams, I had like a lot of stomach issues when I had COVID and i had a dream where i had to go to the bathroom and i couldn't find anywhere to go and all of a sudden i was surrounded by like high school Mm. friends and they all just went gross your leg and i looked down and i had gone to the bathroom all down Mm. it was horrifying and i woke up and i immediately had to run and go to the bathroom but anyway that'll be (laughs) cut out of the podcast well no if you want to i have dreams all the time if i have to go to the bathroom and i'm asleep my dream always has toilets like i dream about toilets or trying to find a toilet or like i'm in i'm in a church and there's like eight toilets in the room but everyone's in the room how are you supposed to go or you're like running through the hallways looking for bathrooms it's a constant in my dreams i've had a lot of weird toilet dreams (laughs) have you oh yeah oh yeah toilet dreams oh yeah let's just leave it at that next Well, at least we made Selena laugh. That's a, that's a good sign. Um, oh, speaking of dreams, and we can save this for the end so that like the listeners have to wait till the end. Um, but <laughs> JJ's been having some crazy dreams lately, and he's been talking a lot in his sleep, and not me for the first time. And I was really quick one night and started recording. And I have nice. a recording of him talking in his sleep. So I would yes. love to share it later. Let's um let's just have that like after we do our woo that just plays after the as a little yes. Easter egg. It's, yeah, it's real great. He's yeah. You'll after just have JJ to is really excited. Sleep sleep JJ has a lot of confidence that waking JJ really envies. Oh, <laughs> interesting. That. Um, wow. Okay, so you're experiencing sleep paralysis and sleepwalking. It is interesting how at least your experiences you've described so far, you know, really revolve around sleep. Was there a specific time of night that a lot of this stuff was happening? I know a lot of people will say around 3 a.m. things tend to happen. Did you experience anything around that time? Three. Three in the morning. Oh my God, that's so weird. You know, that's when I saw those two, or I saw the the ghost boy and the ghost man in Vegas was at 3 a.m. And I never understood the whole 3 a.m. thing. And then I was like, well, holy shit, that's, that's, I saw a ghost. You know, Uh, our cats tend to be really active around that time, (laughs) around three. I'm like, what are they, especially the blind one, the spawn of Satan. Is that a ghost or is that just our cats being obnoxious? (laughs) You have these experiences. Now you said that things kind of turned more, darkly for you with the supernatural did it even happen at that young age or was it as you kind of got older um a little closer to that age I'd say um 
I think maybe nine or 10, some things happened and even 12, like it's, it's crazy how many times something happened. I'm like, am I just going crazy or is this real? You know? And a lot of it has to do um, with dreams too, especially Mm -hmm. with my sister. So I noticed that every time I experienced something very, what I felt evil, my sister had a nightmare or something really bad. Like, you know, she had a horrible dream of something happening to me or just something really dark. And every time I have like my sleep paralysis or anything like that now, I'd, I'd call my mom and be like, I experienced this. And she's like, oh my goodness, your sister had a horrible dream last night about you or whatnot. Like, like even being like, she had dreams about like being tested by the devil himself, like after me feeling, you know, something evil. And I'll get it uh, into that because that, that, that was like when I was older. Um, so it's weird how my sister and I are connected, but, um, I wanted to ask like the, the things that you're feeling like these nights, are those also things that are happening in your dreams or is this something, is this like a feeling that overcomes you when you're awake in the middle of the night? So there was one time where I swore, you know, it was a dream. Um, this was like the second time I had skip walked and I'm like sleepwalked and I skipped around the kitchen in my sleep and my parents were downstairs, you know, watching a game. And I just, I remember like a childlike spirit being like, come on, let's go, let's go. Um, you know, let's spook them out, you know, and me, I was a little prankster as a kid and I just kind of went along with it. And I remember sitting at the bottom of the stairs, like giggling, you know, thinking like, let's go, let's go skip around. And in my head, I'm skipping around the kitchen with another child, right? They're seeing that I'm sleepwalking and I'm very much not skipwalking with another kid and I'm giggling and laughing. And for, I I remember that sleepwalk. Um, but it was weird because, you know, it was kind of intertwined with a a, a dream, but I also was was acting on it. So that situation. Uh Kind of like, it, it sounds almost like you were like lucid dreaming a little bit. Like you were, yeah. were yeah. you aware that you were asleep or? Um, I thought I was awake. So I just yeah. kind of talked that up as to me dreaming and just sleepwalking at the same time. Um, that one mm. wasn't like something that scared me. It's just obviously it freaked out my parents because like she's sleepwalking again. And this time she's skipping around the kitchen island. So that's a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> this is a dumb question, but are your eyes open when you sleepwalk? So the time that I was in the hallway and my mom saw me, I don't remember it. So I don't know. But the time that I was skipping in the kitchen, my mom said that my eyes were closed. Mm. Uh, so I was like closed eyed, skipping around the kitchen, giggling, um, thinking that there was another kid skipping around the kitchen with me um so yeah this that one i i kind of put that one to the side because i'm like that's a little bit different maybe that was just me dreaming you know yeah uh, especially that after was... seeing spirits like of children i'm like oh it's probably just one of them you know feels very like yeah. casper-esque um, yeah yeah <laughs> it was innocent but weird wow well yeah well so what um so what happened next for you um what happened next was um, the first time I had something really uh, dark happen to me and it really freaked me out. Um, so this first dark experience, there was a storm that night. And I know you guys had mentioned before that storms could affect people's dreams and other things like that. So I really thought like maybe that was just happening. You know, in my city, we lose power a lot. And my mom had this really old vintage candle that she had like with the glass around it and like the metal handle and she left a really tall one in my bed in my sister's bedroom where I was sleeping with her because she was afraid and um I just remember going to bed my mom leaving the candle there and I don't know what time it was I think I think this was around again like three to four ish because I had one of those old school Cinderella clocks next to the bed and um I just remember feeling like someone was was waking me up and I heard shrieking like I mean shrieking in my ears and I'm like what the heck and then next thing you know I open my eyes and I can't see anything and I'm like oh maybe it's just like the candle went out or it was dark but I also couldn't hear anything and I started panicking and my sister was a heavy sleeper but I was like grabbing her arm like I I can't see I can't hear I, I like something's wrong I can't see I just remember panicking so badly. And I, I remember even like clapping to be like, why can't I hear anything? 
um, which was similar to one of the most recent uh, stories on your guys' podcast, um, where someone wasn't able to hear anything for a period of time, but mine was like, I can't see and I can't hear. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, I blinked a couple of times um, and I opened my eyes and like the shrieking like had just stopped. And I saw the room lit up by the candle. So I was like, what the heck just happened? Me being panicked, got up, tried to run across the hall to my parents' bedroom. And I remember as I was passing um, the staircase, I just remember looking down there Mm-mm. and being like, I'm going to go back to my room. There's something there and I'm not passing the staircase. I'm going right back to my room. Um, I still have feelings like that today. And that's like one of the only things I share with my sister other than like dreams is like we, we have really strong gut feelings that something is just not right. Um, and I went back to my bedroom and I closed my eyes and forced myself back to sleep again, because, you know, what am I going to say? You know, I lost my hearing. I lost my sight for a second, you know, and then next thing I heard screaming and, and I felt something evil at the bottom of the stairs. Like, that's so crazy. Yeah. You know, like eight or nine. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Has yeah. your sister been experiencing like this kind of dark entity type of hauntings too? not not the way that I do like we we we're connected in the way where we have like really symbolic dreams and I know it sounds like ridiculous but she like her and I will have dreams that to us like symbolize things sadly one of them it sounds weird but we have like we'll have dreams of our teeth falling out I don't know if you've ever heard oh I have those all the time and every time we dreamt that our teeth would fall out someone passed away Oh, my mom had a dream that her teeth were falling out and her grandmother passed away. Um, Same thing with her uh, grandmother. For me, um, it was my dog. I had a dream that I looked in the mirror and all my teeth just kind of fell into the sink. And, you know, a couple of days later, my dog had passed away, like tragically. Oh, wow. I was like, this is a little weird. And, you know, we're scared to talk about it because we're like, we don't want to speak it into existence. So we just like wait and wait and wait. And if something happens, we're like, okay, it makes sense. But um, she never really saw anything or felt anything. She just had really horrible dreams at the same time as I was experiencing and feeling things. Yeah. And okay, had- I, I get that dream a lot where like my teeth are falling out. I think for me, it's like an anxiety or a stress thing. Yeah. But like, now I'm like- Next time I'm going to be really scared and checking in with like everyone when I wake up that they're alive. I'm curious about what, <laughs> like when the last one was that you had. Yeah, I but- don't remember it's a lot. I feel like it's a blessing and a curse to have like repetitive dreams. Is it like a stress related thing or is it something trying to tell us about what's coming? I think back and I'm like, what was I stressed about at seven? You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. Like I, I'm like trying to think of some sort of reason as to why I was having like images and dreams like this. Like I even, I had dreams of like, and it was going to sound crazy, but I, I know um, the movie Insidious where the kid can astro project. I was having dreams like that where someone was like, come on, look, you can do it. And I was like, no, I can't. And they're like, yes, you can. And the next thing you know, I was standing and I was looking at me and my sister sleeping in the bed. Oh, so wow. um, I was like, that's, that's just a dream that wasn't real. Um, and then shortly after that, you know, as a kid, you know, you fall asleep somewhere random, your parents pick you up and put you back in your bed. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was used to that. Cause I always fell asleep on the couch. And I just remember one night feeling like I was being picked up and I'm like, Oh, my dad's probably just moving me somewhere. So I'm like comfortable and I'm, I'm asleep. And I woke up downstairs on the couch and my parents came back downstairs in the morning and everybody's like, why'd you sleep on the couch? And I'm like, you, you put me on the couch. And they're like, hey, sweetie, you probably slept, walk, and put yourself there. This episode of the Real Hauntings, Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey, everyone, it's Noah Daniels, and I'm here to talk to you again about Wild Grain. Our last shipment of Wild Grain was so good that my four-year-old cannot stop asking for more of that awesome bread with dinner. And I'm not going to lie, I'm right there with him. And honestly, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh bread baked coming from the oven. What if I told you that you too could get that delicious experience of homemade bread with none of the time and work involved? Well, you can by ordering from Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. 
And you can now fully customize your wild grain box. So you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. And I'm like, I swear that someone carried me down the stairs and put me on the couch. Like to this day, that like creeps me out. Um, you wow. know, your recent stories where the, um, there was a child that had been put in the bathtub. Like that's, that's what I, it felt like for me. I'm like, Oh my goodness. I was moved. I was physically moved. Like there's a possibility that that happened. That's scary. Yeah. Um, and then after, after that, I had, um, an actual physical experience where um, I, me and my sister had these two friends, uh, they were twins and their mom was a realtor and she, we were on a play date, but she had to stop by a house that, you know, she was, um, you know, trying to sell to somebody and we were just playing in the backyard and there was like this pathway that um, I think it was like a bike path behind it and all these houses were like connected to it so you could just walk all the way down and at the end, you know, we didn't know what was there, we just kept walking and there was a cemetery. Um, and we walked around for a little bit. And then my sister and I noticed that one of the, uh, in front of one of the headstones, someone had tried digging up one of the graves. There was a giant hole in it. And it made me feel bad. I'm like, oh my goodness, like, you know, who would do this? And, and now at this point, I think I'm like nine years old. And um, I just remember seeing these beautiful seashells on the headstone. And I'm very much into nautical stuff. Um, I worked on a ship, so um, something even happened there. But I was like, um yeah so um no but I, also there was smoke outside your window is that like from the laundry or something yeah <laughs> oh my gosh it scared me so bad I was like ah! it's funny you say that because that crystal thing right there right outside my window is a cemetery and my mom was afraid so she got me those stones to <laughs> protect me oh <laughs> that's so sweet of your mom I know anytime we do interviews where the you know where the stories are very scary well to me pretty scary there's always like a window or something in the background where like a face is just gonna pop up just wait for it and so that smoke popped up and i lost myself i sure. thought it was a ghost for a minute i was just like hmm. <laughs> it's it scared me when i first moved in here too and then i looked out my windows like oh i actually have a clear view to the to a bunch of headstones like that's that's a little creepy for yeah. me yeah i just saw it as well yeah, just like a little so like annoying i never open that window for that reason it just comes in here like no <laughs> Um, all right well one ghost was debunked it was the ghost of the laundry window so. <laughs> yeah this one um in particular was like the first one that um i people saw physical evidence of me being touched um i was playing with the seashells on the headstone i noticed they had kind of been knocked over by the wind and there were some sand dollars and i was like let me organize them and make them look pretty you know because i feel bad somebody dug a hole in this person's grave and then their stuff was all knocked over so i organized it and I walked away and on the way back, um, it was a really hot summer day. I just remember my neck being like super, super warm. And I'm like, um, you know, I'm just, I'm sweating. It's hot outside. And when I came home from the play day, my mom was like, what happened to your neck? And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, you have a scratch all the way down your neck. And I went to look in the mirror and there was a scratch from my jaw, like under my ear, all the way down to the center of my neck right here. 
Um, and I freaked out because I'm like, oh my God, like I sinned, I sinned. Like I, I touched somebody's stuff that I shouldn't have, or I was messing around in the graveyard and, and maybe they didn't want me to do those things. And I was so sorry. Like I just wanted to like apologize, even though I wasn't there anymore, but that scared me. Cause I'm like, oh, now there's like physical manipulation now, like, and, and my mom saw it and that scared her a lot. You know, she was like, I, I, the only way I can, like my mom was you know, making me, you know, pray rosary with her at night, like, you know, doing everything she can to protect yeah. me. Um, Cause this isn't something like, you know, a nine-year-old kid could go to school and just start talking to with friends about, you know, so she, mm -hmm. she's glad she comforted me through that. Cause I don't know how I would have made it through at such a young age. Yeah. I, I keep forgetting that, like how young you are in these stories. It makes me think of like one of our nieces is just that age. And if that stuff was happening to her, it would blow my mind because that's you have to be really emotionally in tune with yourself to like understand those concepts and and you know be thinking outside like being like wanting to apologize for disrupting their you know eternal rest or whatever it may be do you feel like that sped up your maturity as a child like I do i do um you know part of my um my mom's feelings is like, she, she had like somewhat guilt because my family was very strong Catholic. You know, she went to church every Sunday. Um, but growing up, it was just us five. We lived across the U S from our very close family. And we didn't have like that tight knit family where we would go to church every Sunday. And so my mom sometimes felt like she was to blame because she was like, you know, I didn't bring you guys to church enough. Like I should have protected you stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, she always, you know, told us that there's nothing stronger than, than God's hand. And you're, you're always safe as long as you believe and you pray and know that he's going to protect you. And so far until now that, that has very much worked for me, especially mm -hmm. when I just got off the phone with her and she said that she's like, you just have to remember that your love for God is stronger than anything that comes at you. Um, yeah. I thought it was beautiful that she said that to me before this. Cause I mean, uh, like my mom was even there for one of my experiences and my sister too. Uh, they were both there for it. And my brother, I have a little brother too. He's like 11 years younger than me. So um, I'm a little older now. I was like maybe 11 or 12. And my mom was just kind of organizing her room and cleaning. And, you know, I think it was like a Sunday, everybody's home and she's cleaning and my sister's on the bed watching TV and I'm playing with my baby brother and he like crawls into the closet. And I remember, um, I went to pick him up and I couldn't and he's tiny he was like maybe two years old and I remember I went to pick him up again and something pulled him and he started crying and I was like mom mom I can't I can't pick him up like something's wrong I can't pick him up and she saw me go to pick him up again and I couldn't pick him up like something was literally like holding him down and he was panicked and started crying as if like something grabbed him Oh my goodness. It was, my mom was horrified. She ran into the closet and, and yanked him out of there and instantly was, you know, saying prayers and saying, you know, whatever you are, you're not welcome here. Um, do not touch my children. This is my house um, and go away. And we, we never experienced that again. I'm getting goosebumps, goosebumps like talking about this um, because this was one memory that I actually had suppressed. Um, I completely mm. forgot that this happened until I called my sister, like probably 10 minutes before this, uh, because she, I was like, did I, did I forget anything? And she's like, you forgot that, you know, this happened. And I wow. think I stressed it because it was my baby brother, you know, like I, yeah. I, I'd never want him to be scared and I'd never want him to see or experience the things that I have. And, you know, just the thought that something can physically do that. And I'm trying to pick him up. Like that was just horrific. You know, we went to church that following week because we were so afraid. <laughs> Have you ever asked your mom if something happened in her past with these spirits? Because it's very, it, it seems like she is very head on and handling all of these instances. She doesn't really seem to be questioning like the reality of the situation. If this has happened, if this is not. But she's uh, also not talking about her stories, which fascinates right. me. Yeah, so that's, and that's kind of like, what what I was wondering too, have you ever asked her like, hey, did something happen in your past that is maybe lingering around us and, and causing these interactions with the spirit world? That's actually a very good question. Um, you know, it, it, that could be a possibility. I'm, I, I'm definitely going to ask her again because, you know, every time I had mentioned it, she, she just won't talk about it. 
Like she was, I remember when she was actually pregnant with my little brother, she experienced something so uh, like scary that um, I remember she stopped watching scary movies for a very long time. And it was very unlike her because we grew up watching like zombie films and stuff. And she was like, I just, I can't watch anything. Like I can't watch anything at all. And she slept with her Bible in her hand clutched and she prayed the rosary every night, but still never told any of us what she saw or experienced. I have no idea. And we've asked her, she just won't tell wow. us, you know, it, and I imagine it would be that scary to the point where she doesn't want to paint that picture for her sure. kids, you know? Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I've never, you know, we've obviously had quite a few interviews on the podcast and I don't think we've had one quite like this where, you know, a central figure in the family, like a mother has clearly experienced something, you know, and, and she's using um, religion to help combat these entities that she doesn't feel like are safe. You know, I think that's pretty obvious. And you're saying that what kind of seems like evil spirits or something is, you know, um, causing some unwanted actions to you in the, in the home. So yeah, and we really appreciate you sharing all of this. I know it's taking probably taking a lot to like, just say all of them out loud in general. And for the first time, um, it's Yeah, I'm sure there's someone out there that's going to listen to this and be like, yes, yeah, same, like, this is what I'm going through. And it can be really helpful just to hear like, kind of what works for you to make it less. And that's go away. I felt really comfortable saying this and I was just like head on like I'm gonna I want to talk about this because there were so many things that I related to like children being picked up. Um, you know, one of them, um, I forget her name, but someone had experienced something evil planking over her in the bed and growling. Mm -hmm. um, when I moved away from home at 20, that started happening to me. Mm -hmm. um, and I, it was so crazy to hear that coming from somebody else because I'm like, I'm just crazy. You know, that's just my sleep paralysis or nightmares. But I'm like, that same exact thing happened to me um, a couple times where something was literally planking over me in the bed and I couldn't move or do anything. And it just was right up in my face growling. I could feel it there. Um, and, you know, I just start praying and praying and praying and praying and just, you know, telling myself like nothing, nothing is going to scare me, you know, God's love for me is going to protect me. And that's what my mom taught me. And I'm grateful for that, you know, so it got me through those tough times. Like, it, it, it tried um, threatening me by, you know, making a lot of noise and being a, a aggressive. Um, you know, I remember my roommate wasn't home at the time I had a roommate and um, I was sleeping in my room and I had the door shut because, um, you know, I thought she was going to have her boyfriend over or something like that. So I, I shut my bedroom door and went to sleep. And I just remember um, waking up because I heard something down the hall and I, I was stuck in my sleep paralysis again. And I was like, oh my goodness, like, what is this? And I could just hear someone sprinting down the hall to my Ooh. bedroom. And I, I literally like felt the wind whoosh of my bedroom door, like fly open and it got quiet for a second. I'm like, oh my goodness. And I can't move. I can't do anything. I'm like, what is happening right now? And then something started to, you know, grow over me and start growling angrily in my face. Um, and that I, that I had to just keep praying and calm myself down. And the way I get myself out of it is, you know, I, I, I start breathing slower and praying and then eventually I fall back asleep. Um, but this particular time I had prayed and prayed and prayed and said, you, you can't have me, you know, I'm stronger than this. And I remember all of a sudden it was gone. And I started feeling um, like this warm, comforting embrace around me. I felt like um, like someone was literally hugging me and it made me feel at ease. I'm like, whoever you are that just hugged me, I needed that thank you and I feel safe now. And I just remember falling back asleep again and I woke up and was like, did that just happen? And my, my roommate had walked in the door and I was like, did you open my bedroom door? And she was like, no, it was open when I got home. Oh and, no. I was like, okay, maybe, maybe this is real. Um, and she very much believes in that stuff. Like she got bad feelings in our apartment too. Um, so I didn't want to spook her out, but I was just like, okay, you know, that's a little bit of validation for me right there. And I'm not going to go any deeper into it because, you know, I know for a fact, I shut my bedroom door, um, yeah. there the windows open or anything. I'm trying to think logically, like, did the wind, like, you know, it was a window open, did it gust the door open, you know, you know draft. 
And I, today it's still a mystery. Um, and then that same thing happened to me again. I worked on a ship and um, uh, for like two years and I was in my birthing in my rack and it's like, you know, my face is like right up underneath the next bed. And I was alone in there because I had watch. And I just remember again, as I'm falling asleep, something just not good was in there with me. And I was trying to pray and I kept forgetting the end of like every sentence. And I was like, no, 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 no. I know, I know the prayer. I know the prayer. And I said it over and over again. And once I started remembering it, I started hearing that growl again. And I'm like, what the heck is this thing? Like, go away. And I started praying even more and it got silent. And next thing you know, I just heard like, like a bunch of thuds in the room and I'm alone on this boat. So I'm maybe thinking, you know, some the boats rocking a little bit, but it really wasn't. It was kind of still because we were moored up to the pier and I got out of my bed and turned the lights on and clothing hooks that people had hung up in the room had all fallen down on the ground at the same time there was like clothes everywhere and I'm like what the heck you know was this thing getting upset or like trying to threaten me or just coincidentally did these hooks just fall off the wall you know so I was super frightened after that I was like I have to sleep with the lights on or, yeah you know, um but you were yeah. the only one in the room or on the whole boat um, just in that room, there was, uh, two gotcha. other people on watch with me, but they, one was, um, up on watch. I was supposed to be sleeping to have midnight shift and the other person was asleep. And, um, I was the only female working that night and we have like one separate room for female. So mm -hmm. I was by myself and I, I was so <laughs> afraid. I was like, what the heck? So I, I told my mom the next day and she's like, just keep doing what you're doing because obviously it's upset, but you know you you keep praying and you're, you're, you're strong and whatnot. Um, and you know, my mom thought maybe I was, I was targeted because I, not that I had a weak soul, but I was a very depressed, sad and dark child who went through a lot of things. And, you know, I feel like evil entities kind of target that. And that's why my sister didn't really have those same experiences because my sister's a little bit stronger headed than I am. Um, and you know, I, I just kind of was vulnerable. I feel like, and my mom, you know, she's like, I, I had to protect you and, and do a lot more for you and bring you to the church and have you get blessed and stuff. Because I, I feared for you because you having all these experiences. Um, and my sister, it, the most she has is, is these like, you know, dreams and stuff. And a lot of it was at the same time, we started getting into tarot card thing and my mom, you know, was very against it. Um, my grandmother, they were like, they associated that with Ouija boards and things that just, you know, things you should not be messing with. I just, I remember even me and my sister watched a YouTube video on Ouija boards and my mom was so angry. She was like, don't ever do that again. You don't want to watch those things. You're making yourself vulnerable. And we weren't allowed to like look things up on the internet or go on YouTube for a long time. Um, so as we got older, we're like, oh, tarot cards, it's harmless. I looked into it. It's just like, you know, what you're going through and, and it kind of changed your mindset about like what's going on. And we thought of it as like a very positive thing. And we even bought our own sets and like we were reading it with our friends and we, we enjoyed it and it was harmless. And then um, I guess during the same week, my sister and I had did like a digital one on our phone and I didn't know this, but we both, when we read our cards that we pulled the devil card and now the devil card, you know, it doesn't mean the actual devil. It has like a different meaning. So we were like, Oh, whatever, you know, like that's weird. But you know, we picked coincidentally the same card that following week was when I, I, I started experiencing these sleep paralysis and these, these threatening things happening to me. And when I called to talk to her about my experiences, she was like, I played tarot cards this week too. And I also pulled the devil card. And I was like, really? And she was, yeah. Um, I was like, well, my sleep paralysis stuff happened last night, like a couple of days after. And she's like, it's funny you say that because I had a nightmare last night and I feel like I was being tested. She said that um, she was woken up and that she saw her cat who she loves very much um, it's a Maine Coon as well. So they're very fluffy. She yes. said that her Maine Coon was hairless. Its head was upside down. Had these weird letters carved into its skin <gasps> and waiting. And she was terrified. She's like, what the heck? And she literally said that the, the devil was like, come downstairs. If you do something for me, she'll go back to normal. And my sister was like, what do you want me to do? 
and brought her to the garage in my house. And he opened the door and he said to her, she, she looked around, he's like, look in there. And she, she saw spirits like flying around like helpless spirits. And he said, if you take one of those souls for me, I'll make her normal again. And my sister was like, no, I'm not afraid of you. And I'm not going to do anything you ask me to, because they feed off of anything evil. I feel like feeds off of your fear. And mm. she was just so strong that, you know, she, she literally was like, I'm not doing anything you ask me to do. And I'm not afraid of you. And for any of your antics to work, I have to be afraid of you, but I'm not. She remembers waking up after that. So I thought it was weird. Like coincidentally, I was having this experience where, you know, my door flies open and I'm being threatened the morning of, um, you know, after her, her nightmare like that. So that was weird. Um, she's even had dreams of me passing away and her being able to see my spirit following her around. The tarot card situation brought up all that stuff. Recently, this is like, you know, the, the latest thing that happened to me. Um, I met so this is going to sound confusing, but my boyfriend's friend's girlfriend. So his friend, girlfriend invited us over her house for a pool party, whatever. We went out in town and came back and her grandmother was there. And I introduced her um, to Ryan and my boyfriend. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm Selena. And, and she's like, oh, it's nice to meet you. And she just looked at me and said, you have tarot cards. And I was like, yes, I do. She said, you need to get rid of them. And I was like, okay. She's like, you're gifted and you need to protect yourself. And that is like a gateway for you. And you need to get rid of them now. And I've never met this woman in my life. You know, I had just became friends with these people and come to find out, I guess their grandmother is, is gifted like a, like a medium or psychic, but she doesn't like calling herself that. She said that when she was a child, the church and the nuns had told her that she had the golden purple aura. Um, I forget the exact meaning of that, but, you know, she said that she's able to hear and communicate uh, with spirits that are trying to, you know, talk to the people around her. And she said uh -huh. it gets so loud, you know, she doesn't like going to busy places because it gets so loud for her. Uh, we, we sat at the table and she just, she knew everything about us. Um, you know, my boyfriend's father recently passed away. She knew a bunch of things about him. She knew the date that he passed away. And then she looked at me and said, you see blue jays a lot, don't you? And I said, yes, actually I do. She said, none of these things are coincidences. That is your grandmother. Aww, oh man. Wow. And I started bawling my eyes out because I'm like, I'm not crazy then, you know, like I, I, I asked her to stop visiting me, but after that, I just started seeing blue jays and I just saw one out my window by the headstones the other day. And I just thought of her and, and that gave me peace knowing like, you know, it wasn't something just trying to creep me out. It was genuinely her checking up on me. And she was like, that's her way of um, checking up on you. And she even mentioned, um, you know, me seeing like a repetitive time on the clock was, was her as well. Um, and, you know, she knew everything about her and that, that gave me uh, a lot of peace, you know, and um, she, I mean, I, I believed her because she started, you know, writing all these things down on a piece of paper and especially this woman, I've never met her before. You know, my friends don't know enough about me to be telling her these things either. Mm -hmm. So I was just was in, in complete shock. Yeah. I, Selena, not to play devil's advocate. Haha. Um, I am curious, have you ever thought about like embracing whatever gifts you you may have and like, you know, really diving in head first? Or is it too much of, you know, what you have experienced kind of with the combination of you know people around you saying like hey this is dangerous you need to protect yourself i don't know i'm just curious have you ever thought about being like no nah, i'm going full goth spooky and and this is who i'm gonna be um i mean I, i've accepted it and there was a period of time where i was like wow like i have this gift like you know maybe i should um work on this or find a way to um strengthen it but i feel like my experiences were so threatening and negative and, you know, with the whole, like, you know, being lured out of bed or whatnot, like it, it obviously insidious didn't come out yet, but I'm like, oh my goodness, like, was that happening to me? Were they trying to make me leave my body and manipulate me? And just the thought of those things, like, it really scared me to the point where I was like, no. Um, and I know like people are like into Ouija boards and they joke about it or whatever. I will not look at it. I will not touch it. I will not even think about it because um you know people who experience these things it's for me it's just not funny and i'm not going to do it to like play a game yeah. and be like let's see because this is my reality you know and these people may not see or hear these things and they're trying to but they don't know what it's like to live that 
for so very long, like I'm, I'm 23 now, it's a long time to be like having something happen every couple of years. And, you know, I, I, I did think about it, but I feel like after uh, most recent with the, with that message that she told me, you know, you have to protect yourself. I took that very seriously. And um, I'm not going to lie. I got rid of those tarot cards. Didn't think about, you know, thinking like trying to practice this like ever again or getting into it. And I have, I felt amazing ever since. Like, I feel like a weight has come off my shoulders, feel worried before I go to sleep. Um, and it's very quiet and peaceful ever since I had that conversation with her. And I'm still um, in contact with her. She's amazing. And she's like, you can come talk to me anytime. So she, I feel like her, she was the turning point and my mom's fear helped me realize, you know, it, it is a gift, but also a curse, you know, and you have to be willing to, to get into that. And I, I yeah. just, maybe, maybe not for me, just for my experiences specifically. So yes, Lena, thank you for coming on and, and kicking ass. That was, um, that was certainly a, a lot to share. So also, you're the women in your family sound super strong and brilliant badass. and badass. Yeah. Grateful for them. For sure. My boyfriend's mother's religious. They've seen things they believe and they comfort me all the time with stuff like this. And it's, it feels really good to have the closest people to me, give me that support because it made me feel like a crazy person for so long. Yeah. yeah. Well, you are not crazy and shout no. out to them and shout <laughs> out to you. Do you, before we get you out of here, do you have a, a last message or anything that you would like to leave our audience with? Um, I guess my last message would be something that I, I wish that I had, you know, um, um, I'm always open to talk to people about their experiences as well. If they're not really ready to to come on a podcast and talk about it, um, they could message me simply on Instagram. It's um, at Selena underscore DeLeon, S-E-L-I-N-A underscore D-E-L-E-O-N. And if they relate to anything that I talked about, but they're too afraid to, to say it to anybody else, they can always um, message me there. Uh, Cause That's I know awesome. I, I was shaking before you guys called me. Cause I've never like brought all this up at once. So. Well, you, know, you did not show it at all. No. You, you had, you had a real command of your, your stories, which was awesome. And it's interesting that you say kind of what you were experiencing before you came on. Cause I've had two guests canceled this week on extremely short notice, uh, which is why I reached out to you on oh, short notice. I was going to ask you to actually come on a little later, but you know, I think, I don't know, Kat and JJ, if you guys feel this way, but we've been doing this for three years. So I kind of forget yeah. that people aren't doing this all the time and they can feel nervous or scared or, or what have you. So yeah, we definitely appreciate that. With that, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm JJ. I'm Kat. I'm Selena. Ooh. And now Kat, you can play uh, JJ Sleep Talking. Oh my gosh. Oh goodness. By the um, way, I have been hearing some like really unusual sounds during this episode. So I'm curious to see if they come I through. I was and... about to ask, has anyone really? else been hearing little like, or like I Something. heard a girl I... laughing once. Yeah. I picked up at one point. I don't know. Oh, that was it. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> the graveyard behind my head. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Okay. It's kind of hard to hear at first, but I was talking to JJ. I woke up and I'm half asleep and his head is like this because he fell asleep with two pillows. So it's like, it looks like it's about to fall off. So I say, can I move that pillow for you? And he's like, no, fine. Or like, that's the wrong pillow or something stupid like that. And then he just starts talking about himself. So let's see if we can hear this and try not to laugh, JJ. It cracks me up. What do you mean? in the beginning but he's saying what is it i'm strong i am this i think i said i am the symbol of intellect courage and strength yes which again i just want to bring that confidence in my waking life that i apparently have when i'm asleep because 
Sleeping JJ is really self-assured. Yeah. I also like how Kat's like, okay, I love you. Bye. Like, where's he going? I don't know. I was like half asleep. I was like, bye. I mean, Kat also says, I love you. Bye. If I just get up to go to the bathroom. So you know. yeah, you never know. Well, you're, you're lucky that Kat's nice. Cause she could have been like, okay, JJ, go into the void. Uh, oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lordy. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.